1: Story here on ITSP Magazine. I often wonder what defines success for a story. Is it number you produce? Is it the number of people that listen to it? Is it number of people that uh, respond to the story? Is it all of the above? Does it matter? Is it the app to measure? To, to figure out if it's successful or not? Uh, the same is true for information security and security programs. and and ultimately the maturity of an organization when it comes to uh, managing their security posture. And today we're going to talk about measurement and maturity and programs and connect that all to the business. And who better to do that than our good friends at Blue Lava. We have Laz on and Andy Hornicke, and we're going to dig into the Blue Lava cybersecurity maturity model. Laz and Andy, thanks for joining us. Thank you, Sean. Thanks, Sean. So before we get into the what, let's let's learn a little bit about the who. And uh, the first part is the who you two are. And then we'll get a quick word on Blue Lava. Laz, I'm going to start with you. Uh, brief background on uh, how you arrived at Blue Lava, some of the things you've done leading up to this point.
0: Yeah. All right. Thanks, Sean. Yeah. So um, my full name is Demetrius Lazaricus. Uh, but I'll go by Laz. It's easier. Um, But I'll answer to either one, right? Demetrius or Laz. Uh, You know, I've been in the security space for over 30 years and um, have been a CISO three times. I think, you know, as uh, Andy and I were talking early in our careers about these very problems, how do you measure a program? How do you actually show the business where the biggest uh, risk to revenue and the biggest impact against the business is going to be when you're making security investments? Um, You know, I've been, you know, working, on a number of levels with business leaders and security leaders and security professionals throughout my career. So when we, uh, we'll talk about this in a future podcast. But um, when we founded the company, I think the, the thing that was core was uh, Andy and I are operators. And when we looked at it through the operator lens, we said, hey, this is missing. And we're going to talk about what this is here in a minute. But the key thing is, is we looked at it not only as security leaders and security practitioners, but we also looked at it as business leaders through a business lens. And what we wanted to do was we wanted to take the biggest pieces of business impact and business investment and align security programs and program management to those. And that's what we're doing at Blue Lava. We're giving people a way to measure, optimize, and communicate what they're doing with their security program in the language of the business. Love it.
1: I can't wait to get into this and uh, many more conversations with uh, you, Laz, and the rest of the team. We're on now for this one with Andy. Andy, a bit about uh, your background and things you've worked on. Uh, it's all all important in this, in this context.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, similarly to Laz, uh, I also kind of have come uh, kind of through a background of security. I started out uh, as a consultant, uh, so I worked for a lot of different companies with a lot of different companies, especially kind of in the AppSec realm, which uh, I'm sure as everyone's aware has really evolved a lot over the past 10, 15, 20 years. So it's kind of been an ever changing and ever growing uh, experience of you know adapting and figuring out how to tackle the new trends and the newest attacks and the newest threats. Um, after I consulted for a number of years, I ended up kind of moving into internal roles, uh, paths with Laz we've worked together a number of times before and built different software and and tried to tackle these problems internally at different companies and found that there were just some things missing there was not you know a great roadmap for building and scaling a security program uh, to help kind of guide the way and as security has evolved over the past couple decades uh, you know we found that we're in a situation where no one can really be an expert in all of these different domains and all of the different areas of security, and so having a uh, a model that helps guide you uh, for all of the different areas, we thought was really critical to start, you know, on the me- on the path of being able to effectively measure and then optimize a security program within, uh, you know, the
1: company that you're working for. Yeah, phenomenal. And Laz, I'm, I'm going to kick it off with you because. Uh, Maturity doesn't just mean you've once run a program for a long time, right? And that it has an established team. Uh, it's much more than that. So what what is maturity? What is a maturity model specifically around cybersecurity? And what's missing from most businesses today in, in that context?
0: Yeah, so there's uh, three things to unpack there, Sean. So... I think the first one is, why a maturity model? This is what I heard. On the maturity model, I have to know where I am and where I'm going. That's number one, as simple as that. I have to know where I am and where I'm going. We know security and compliance are not the same. I could be compliant, but not secure. In my security program, I have to know where I am and where I'm going. It's as simple as that. The next part of that is, what am I willing to accept? as a business, if I understand where I am and where I'm going and how the business is operating, I can align my program to those business objectives. If I don't understand those business objectives, I'm going to be out there at sea without a rudder, without a light, you know, guiding light, my north star light post. I have to have something to measure what I'm doing with my program. Maturity models have been around, you know, we didn't design ours in a vacuum. We went out to the community, the company, the platform, the content, in the platform at Blue Lava, everything we've been doing at Blue Lava since the very, very early days has been built with, by, and for the CISO community. Our teams, our operators, our customers, our customers' teams, everybody that's been working with us since the very, very beginning have all had input into the model, the data and the supporting workflow. Those are three areas. When you ask about like building a model and looking at maturity and trying to figure out where you are and where you're going, I think it's important to understand that because we wanted to give everybody a different view. We wanted to give everybody the data and look at it. Where I am today, where do I need to be next quarter? Where do I need to be you know, two quarters from now, a year from now, speaking the language of the business and being able to take that and measure how I'm doing and how I'm performing and where I need to make investments with my program.
1: And Andy, to talk to me a little bit about how you began to build this model out. Um, a lot of conversations I have, or at least see online in terms of what people think is success for their security team is the number of patches they get through. All right. Or they blocked that patch before it became a problem. Uh, It seems very, seems practical, but maybe not the best thing for the business. So tell me how you look at the data you need, how the team operates around that data, how that data connects to the business uh, in the context of building out this model. Yeah.
2: So, um, I I mean, to your point, patching is is critically important. And I think uh, that that's a really good example of something that obviously an organization needs to build into their security program. But just looking at the number of patches you have uh, put in place or been able to take care of isn't isn't a good way to measure your your overall program. And so, you know, when we when we founded this company and, and we started building the assessment, um, we initially were looking uh, primarily at the NIST Cybersecurity Framework because that is kind of where all the companies were moving. And what we found was that although NIST is is a really great lens to kind of look at the different functions, as they call them, of your security program—identify, protect, detect, respond, and recover—it um, doesn't really go into the detail that you need in order to understand if you've built an effective and mature security program. So it doesn't really ask about the specific, the people, the process and the technology that you put in place or whether or not you're, you've are you operationalized them or, or whether you're leveraging them effectively. And so, you know, that's really the our starting point was how do we do that? How do we make that connection between um, what the security function within an organization is doing, who they've hired, uh, the processes, the technology, and how they are working to protect the business. And so, going back to your patch- patching example, you know, if I say that I put ten thousand patches in place this week, that's great. But that's you know one uh, measurement in time. Maybe I just had an effort where I stopped our entire engineering effort for two weeks in order to accomplish that be- because we were so behind. Uh, you know, maybe I did it once. I'm doing it once a year. Uh, But I'm never going to repeat that more frequently than that. And so the lens that we wanted to take when we built the maturity model was really around, um, have you built an effective program uh, that can support the the business on a sustainable, prolonged basis? And how, if you haven't, how can you improve in each of the different areas in security uh, that are tied back to, as Laz said, the risks and the business
1: objectives of the company? And last, how does an organization look at this model that you've built? Do they do they put in their existing environment? Do they start from scratch and say, "Here's the baseline that I should at least start from." How do I get there? Or do they look at their own environment and say, "This is my baseline. Uh, I've gone too far in some areas. I need to step back and head and head off to the right or to the left, and then forward." Yeah. Or is it both depending on uh, the nature of the business that's being managed?
0: Well, I think so. There's two parts to this. Actually, there's probably three, but I'm going to consolidate them. The first part is I have to build a baseline. I have to understand what I have and what I don't have. Whether you're a new CISO or you're um, an established CISO, new CISO in a new role, established CISO in an existing role. Everybody wants to understand what they have and what they don't have. And in order to do that, it's essential to build a baseline. They build a baseline. Then from there, you can start sifting through the data and looking at what is important to the business. Because each business is different. Each industry is different, right? Like, you know, retail may, you know, be worried about point of sale terminals and Internet facing applications. FinTech companies may be worried about Internet facing applications and sensitive Uh, information about product roadmaps and go-to-market strategies. Oil and gas may be concerned about um, where the blueprints are or the topographical maps, you know, for anything that's gonna happen over the next 40 years on an oil uh, uh, project. Each industry has different business drivers and it's important then to understand your baseline as it maps to the business. Once you have that, you can start assessing and looking at things by data, by infrastructure, by application, by project, geography, and then start making decisions. You know, M&A, you're gonna acquire a new company. Wouldn't it be nice to have that baseline before you acquire the company and have it, you know, looking at it through the, like, are they mature or not? Where you need to make investments before you tie that infrastructure into your existing environment. So that's part one. Part two is once once you have the data, then you have the opportunity then to focus on those key areas for the business. And what I like about it is using that approach on maturity and Andy hinted at it. It's kind of like, do I really need to be at the highest performing level for my company or my industry? And I'm not saying, you know, you're you know, cutting corners. What I'm saying is, is we're making business investments. We're making business investments about what's important to that organization, in that industry, I think it's critical as security leaders and as security practitioners that we do more with data around this. And I'm not talking about speeds and feeds and taking our SIM data and you know our WAF and blocking OFAC countries. What I'm talking about is understanding how the comp- the company is uh, running, how it's operating and then mapping our program to that. Here's a great example. If you're running an organization and growth is supposed to be 20 to 30% growth, you know, for the year over year over the next two to three years, and maybe it's gonna be organic or maybe it's gonna be through acquisition, having that type of data upfront after you build a baseline and being able to say, okay, if I'm hitting my target goals as a company, Where do I make these investments now quarter over quarter? If I'm not, what areas can I consolidate? And why why is it always security is the one at the table saying I need, I need, I need. Security is a team sport. I have to be able to go and across the organization, influence everybody so they understand what we're doing with the program. And then also where I need help, support, and investment around people, process, and tech. First part, recap. I have to build a baseline, I have to understand what I have and what I don't have aligned to the business based off of my business needs, in my industry, my specific company. Second part of that, I have to be able to speak to everybody across the organization and align what I'm doing with those business objectives. Now I have that ability to do that after I build my baseline, it's just a different way of looking at the data and a different way of presenting it to exec staff, the board, the audit committee, and the analysts or, you know, any of the business teams. Yeah,
2: I, yeah, I was going to jump in and just say, I think I think that those are all great points. And just to extend a little bit on that, on something that, that's kind of implied in what Laz was saying, um, you know, we felt like before the Blue Lava CMM, there wasn't a, a great way to get that baseline and especially not to get a consistent baseline. So if you had multiple business units, if you have multiple divisions, if you wanted to be able to measure and compare them in a meaningful way that that was very challenging um, because you know in our experience the way that security programs tended to be, to be measured was either through the lens of compliance which we all know isn't sufficient to really secure your organization or through a framework like in a cybersecurity framework uh, where you know you'd have consultants come in and do a risk assessment for your organization but those tend to be very one off, very unique. And even if you get a different contractor year over year, your, your scores might shift. The questions that they ask may be different. And so it's really hard to get consistency uh, within the organization and, and also over time. And I think what uh, what we felt like this was leading to was a situation where security teams all by nature just end up being very tactical they don't have anything to kind of uh, point to as far as kind of a North star that's guiding them. And so therefore they're just in firefighting mode, figuring out what do I do today? What do I do tomorrow? Uh, but they can't look ahead farther than that. And, uh, you know, an example that I can give is when I was, when, when I was at Netflix, my previous, uh, a job, we focused a lot on building automation and, um, it, it, it was really a challenging place to be as, as a forward facing company because there was no kind of framework to help us show, you know, what is the next thing that you should build to do better in account takeover, or what is the next thing you should build to do better in your vulnerability identification, uh, processes. And so we were very reliant on kind of the, the skill set of the team and what the team had as far as their experience bank that they were coming with. And, um, of this tribal knowledge from the community of AppSec people at at peer companies that we could talk to and and say, well, what are you guys seeing? What are you guys working on? And so that was kind of another big driver of building this capability maturity model when when we started Blue Lava was to have this documented roadmap that would take a company that may just be starting out in AppSec and, and say, here are the first couple things you can do. Here's the first six months that you can do to start building up this program. But then would go well beyond what compliance takes you to and also show, you know, what are what are the bleeding edge, what are the cutting edge things you can be doing in a couple of years so that you have something to be working towards, if to Laz's point account takeover or application security or network security, if those things are critical to the survival of your business and, and you know, being able to meet those objectives that your business has set.
1: Yeah, Laz, I want I want to turn to you because, I mean, we can look at a, an example like Netflix and say I, I've seen a gazillion presentations focused on security from that organization. Clearly, they get the value of of investing in security. Yeah,
0: not only yeah, not only bold about it, but they're releasing open source software. They're sharing information. You've seen it. I think everybody here listening, if you haven't, I'd invite you to um, collaborate with us. I mean, you know, yeah, they're the titan, yep. right? Yep, tons tons
1: of stuff there. So the reason I'm pointing that out is some organizations clearly aren't that size of of company, and don't have that level of maturity yet. So the, my question to you is do you have to be mature to, to leverage a model or can no, you start small? No. And what are some yeah. of the questions you would ask? Cause you have to feed the model with data, right? So right, 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 right. Yeah. So,
0: data? yeah. So good, 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 good topic, Sean. I think, so there's a couple things here, right? Like Andy mentioned, Andy and I've been talking about this for years and you know, the um, yeah, you know, we're, we're in the future podcast. When we go to the founder series with Julia and Jonna, we're going to talk about why, right? The business and you know, Building that bridge of tomorrow requires business and security. So we'll talk about how that started in the future podcast for the founders. I think we we looked at it and said, every company is worried about their program today. And it's, listen, it's just the way it is. The board, the investors, the exec staff, doesn't matter if you're a 200 person shop, if you two 200,000 person shop, cybersecurity, is a topic of discussion at the dining room table right now. It's affecting everyone. And when we look at it through that lens and we're trying to do and demonstrate something that's never been done before, we've been told we're pioneers in the space, and that's great, it's a great compliment. But being a pioneer means that you, you as a user of the platform, you as a recipient of the data and looking at it, you have to also be uh, working to think about things differently. So when we talk about that, when you think about the data and how you have that, I can be a small organization or I could be a large enterprise. I have to start thinking in those terms. Where am I today? Where am I going tomorrow? How am I gonna get there? How will I fund it? What is my target objective? Why am I trying to reach that objective and then working backwards from that goal? And, you know, you've heard Andy and I mention this, right? We're looking at it through a business view and then working backwards with our security program, lining that to the business view. And when I, when I talk about what I have and what I don't have in those requirements for your modern day security program, I want you to think about that. It's not that I have to go invest in a tool. And, you know, Andy also discussed being tactical. It's not about being tactical anymore. It's about pulling up and realizing that I'm not an expert in all areas of security anymore. I've got to rely on other teams and other business leaders and, you know, cloud architects and, you know, data transformation and digital transformation teams to be part of this. When I look at gathering that information and looking at my model and and putting that information out there in a report the way that we're seeing success with our customers and in the industry is by democratizing security. And what I mean by that is giving people the ability to answer questions about what's happening or not happening in their organization, collecting that information and bringing it back and reporting on it at any level of the organization. Validation is occurring whether it's internal peer validation or it's our system with the proprietary algorithms, showing them, here's what I have, here's what I don't have. And this is why you should care. Yeah. Now I want to go to
1: Andy, uh, because as you said, it's not about being tactical. I'm gonna say it's not tactical. It's practical. And you, you touched on this being built by and for the CISO community for the business. And one of the things, that we can all look at a NIST or an ISO and say a great place, perhaps if you know nothing to start. Um, but those don't evolve quickly or much at all, really, in the context of threat and business change and technology change and people change working from home, pandemics and things like that. They're, they're slow to adapt. And so can you talk to me about the, the role of community the value of just-in-time or real-time adaptation of the model to the business uh, driven by the community and and by the changes of leadership in the company, perhaps even?
2: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think that community aspect has been a driver for us uh, since the very beginning. And I mean, part of that goes back to kind of the conversation from earlier around Previously, the way that security programs were measured, compliance and the other frameworks uh, weren't well aligned to kind of the operationalization or the operation of the security function within the organization. uh, You know, a common example that I will give is uh, at various companies I worked at, we needed to do a PCI assessment. And the way that that would work is some consultants would come in, they'd ask some questions, they'd write a report. There might be a couple minor things that had to be tweaked in order to remain compliant and then that report would go on a shelf for 12 months and it wouldn't be thought about again and so we really wanted to build the model that represents uh you know the gold class standard uh from our community and the security community on how do you build an effective security program so that's really where we started and we got input from people who are experts in every one of these different disciplines uh, in in the security model. And, you know, to your point, you're exactly right. A lot of the frameworks that are out there today are slow to evolve and that's another thing that we really wanted to avoid. And so we are constantly working. Uh, We have a team that's dedicated to, um, you know, the upkeep of our content. We've found that that is one of the most important areas of our business and something that, I think we even underestimated at first how critically important it is, but we've made a ton of investments in making sure that our content remains up to date and accurate uh, and evolves as the security threats that companies face evolve. Um, so yeah, that's definitely not something that can be underestimated how important that is. And, and again, that's something that, that we have really strived to work towards uh,
0: from early days. Yeah. And, and and on that, Sean and Andy, I think it's I think it's critical to understand the frameworks are awesome. I, I you know, look, I used to be a QSA. I used to, I, you know, I worked on some of the early regs before they were published. You know, I love them. They're a great foundation, but they're not a security program or program management for your security program. And if you're measuring performance and you want to know where you are, or where, you, where you're going, frameworks give you a good a good foundation, but it's not really the same thing as running a program. And what I mean by that is the framework that you may be using may only scope in certain things during a certain period of time. We're talking about a holistic view of your security program, and we're looking at it by running it as a business unit, security as a business unit.
1: Yeah, And I'm going to stick with you last because one thing that comes to mind is as we talk about this, a standard framework that's been set for a while, you can, you can put a definition of your program around that. Um, even something like a PCI or a SOC 2, it's, it's fairly well defined. Uh, it gives you something to talk about. Something right. may be dated, right? And, um, and dope might not be the full picture.
0: That's but it's right. Something. That's so something. Yeah, but guess what? When you what? talk about something
1: that that's real and connected to the business and is changing with the business, yep. h- how do you how do you leverage your model to have that conversation, but not get into the weeds that you're going to lose everybody when when you're doing that?
0: Yeah, Sean, I didn't mean to cut you off. I just got excited about this topic. I can I'm tell. Inclusive. I can tell. No problem. Hey, so listen, Sean, you're you're hitting it. You're right on. Right? It's like everybody says: Are we Fed ramp? Do we ever SOC two? Are we PCI HIPAA? It's like yeah that's great but that's a snapshot in time and what we've had to do when you're building a bridge to tomorrow you have to bring people along and we've brought people along that's why we've you'll, you'll keep hearing about community at blue lava with by and for the CISOs with the practitioners it has become essential as part of our mission as we go down this path of giving people the data that they need to be successful we are educating them the board of directors, and everybody on exec staff about the need and the difference between having a security program and having a compliance program. Compliance should be the output of your security program. Now, I know people will disagree with me, love it, or hate that term, but here's the reality. We have to be, as you know, it's our fiduciary responsibility as security leaders to understand what I'm doing with a modern day security program, something that's relevant today to my business, not something that's sitting on a shelf for two or three years, you know, not being updated, or when Andy was talking about the assessment that ran for eight months, we have to be cognizant of what we need to take to the business, because they are asking us to level up and give them the information that aligns to the business. And you know what, Sean? Here's the deal, right? Andy and I will speak freely about this all day long. I think, you know, we we talk about it. We're practitioners. We're former security leaders, analysts, practitioners. You know, most of the team at Blue Lava are, you know, through that background, right? We're all former practitioners and operators. I'd invite everybody to look at the Blue Lava link and LinkedIn. Go there. ESG, Enterprise Strategy Group, and Gartner are talking about what we're doing and why it's special, why it's different. I'd invite you to look at the Blue Lava website. I'd also invite you to stay up to date with us. You can reach out to us. You can comment. We'll respond. We have, like Andy mentioned, we're active, and um, we'd invite you to learn more about what we're doing.
1: I love it, Laz. And I can, I can sense the passion and uh, clearly, I've had many, many, many conversations with both of you individually and together on this topic and, and many more. Um, yeah, there's there's no question that. What am I trying to say? We we need to have a modern day means to build a modern day security program. I think we we've reached a point today where CISOs got the role; they didn't know what the role was right? And they formed it and defined it over time. With that, they began to measure things that they did over time, and those things changed. The, the world has become more complex. Uh, I think we need to take a step back, look at the frameworks we have, look at the Blue Lava model, and how we can connect that together with the frameworks, but most importantly, how we connect that to the business. And I'm going to give Andy, the final word here. Can you give me one example, just to put the fine pin on this for for our listeners, an example of where this has produced something incredible for an organization? They got budgets. They made a decision that helped them generate more revenue. Something that, that you can pull on that says, this is why this matters. I mean, I I think
2: I could give you a, a lot of those examples. I <laughs> think, sure you know, can. what you mentioned, uh, budget, finding the right team, those are kind of the baseline we see just about in every one of our customers, right? I think uh, one of the things that I would say I am most proud about is looking at a customer who is, you know, a very complex organization, multinational, many different business units, and seeing them running. 40, 50 assessments and for the first time being able to give a comprehensive holistic picture of their security program across their entire organization. I think that is really one of the things that I've seen over and over again every company struggle with and to be able to provide them not only the details of their security program in every business unit, in every country. But to be able to tie it back to the individuals, to be able to have that information coming from the individual contributors, the practitioners who are working on the ground so that you know the people who answered those questions know what they're talking about and are giving accurate information, you know, I think that is one of the best things that I've seen is just uh, really leveling up the ability to have accurate and actionable information uh, because that's kind of the, the whole pipeline. Py- the hypothesis of, of this entire experiment that we've been running which is you know the data hasn't been there before and without the data how are you going to make decisions how are you going to figure out how to optimize and, and align to the business it, it's going to be very difficult uh which is kind of what we've seen and so um i i think that's kind of what those are the types of stories that i've been most happy about is really being able to see very complex organizations be able to simplify this in a way where they can communicate the information up to the exec staff and up to the board in ways they've never seen before and have that kind of light bulb moment where it's like, suddenly, suddenly I understand.
1: Yep. I love the light bulb moment. And I know that uh, you have an ebook that's available that kind of walks through some of this and, and really connects the content coming from the company from the team inside to help drive this because they are the business, right? The the people running the company are the business and they have the view into what matters. And when you have that information, you can make better decisions on how to map your security program to that. So I want to uh, take this moment, Laz, any, any final thought for me before we close?
0: Yeah, I, I, I love the discussion, Sean. Uh, Final thought is, You have to build that baseline. You have to understand the data. And then from that information, it's critical to build those projects and align to the business. I would challenge everybody to start thinking about that in business terms. I know we've been talking about it for decades, but, you know, it's it's 2021. And we have something that works and we want to share it with the world. I want to thank you for
1: sharing your time with me and our audience to uh, have this conversation about what it means to have maturity and a way to measure it uh, starting with model and even before that starting with the baseline and uh, Laz and Andy uh, appreciate it there will be links in the show notes for the ebook other resources that uh, Blue, Lava, Blue Lava has to offer um, might even put Laz's email on Want, uh, fire. I know you're very, you're very responsive, but there'll certainly be ways for you, for the audience to connect with uh, you and, and the team. So,
0: awesome! Again, thanks, thank guys. you, thank you, thanks, Andy. Thanks, Sean. Thanks, Sean. Thanks, Les. All right, bye bye. We hope you enjoyed this conversation. If you learned something new and this story made you think, then share ITSPMagazine.com with your friends, family, and colleagues.